the blockchain experience, experience. Bringing dope content to the audience. Welcome to the blockchain experience. Bringing dope content to the audience. It's the blockchain spell made of David's got so much. Hello, GM, GM, and welcome to another episode of the blockchain experience. I'm your host, Meta David. Our guest today is none other than Larissa Barbu, who is one of the co-founders of Exchange Art, a one-stop marketplace where you can create, sell, and buy digital art. They started off on the Solana blockchain, but they added Ethereum to the mix last month. So we talked to Larissa not only about the platform and how they're doing with Ethereum, but more broadly, the future of digital art. And after that conversation, we'll get to the shout outs for everyone who minted the last episode of the podcast. But before we do all that, a word from our sponsors. Ledger is the smartest way to secure crypto holdings. Their hardware wallets are trusted by over 4 million customers. Ledger can be used to secure, store, and manage over 1,800 crypto assets. Using the Ledger Live app, you will have a one-stop shop for your crypto needs. Buy, sell, exchange, and grow your assets with Ledger's partners securely and easily. Stop getting your wallet drained. Head over to ledger.metadavideth.com and take self-custody today. Have you ever wanted to display your NFT art in the physical world? Look no further than TokenFrame. TokenFrame's patent high-quality physical displays start at 10 inches and run all the way up to 55 inches. They're truly built for authenticity. Just sign in with your wallet, connect to Wi-Fi, and cast your NFTs. It's really that simple. And best of all, no subscriptions. TokenFrame supports Ethereum, Polygon, and Solana with Tezos on the way soon. It's no wonder they're trusted by OpenSea, Super Rare, Nifty Gateway, and more. Start flexing your NFT art by visiting tokenframe.metadavideth.com. Again, that's tokenframe.metadavideth.com. Larissa, welcome to the blockchain experience. How are you? Hi, David. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for making the time. Can you kick it off by telling our listeners what exchange art is? So Exchange Art is the one to one of one art marketplace that is multi-chain right now. So it's the only one, the only art centric marketplace that has both Ethereum and Solana. So we have different features for different artists and collectors. We do offer a wide range of capabilities, including capabilities of displaying the artwork as an exhibition, as a curated exhibition. Buy now, auctions, um, editions. So we do offer quite a bit together with in, in live chats while auctions are running, for example, for some extra fun, to sprinkle some extra fun as part of the experience. So we do offer quite a bit as part of um, Exchange Art. So uh, I've always known you guys as kind of like a Solana-based marketplace. And just recently, you did add Ethereum, as you mentioned. What prompted the change? What prompted to add support for Ethereum? So Solana has been our home for almost two years right now. We added Ethereum at the request of our artists. We started getting requests about a year ago because we would have artists that would trade, would, would realize commerce on both Ethereum and Solana. And it would mean quite a bit of overhead for them to maintain two different profiles, two different communities, communicate with them on different platforms and accounts all the time. 
and this prompted us to enable artists to have under one roof under their profile both ethereum and solana nfts so it reduces quite a lot the overhead for them and they only and it unifies the communities which is really really good it improves discoverability because collectors can come for something that they are used to for example that they can come for an artist that typically trades on solana but they can discover as part of the same series their their ethereum artworks as well and the reverse happens as well so it enables quite a lot the liquidity to flow between the two chains so if someone were to have collection that they used manifold to bring to the market would that be aggregated and populated by exchange art so we don't aggregate as such um it needs the intention of the artist to import the artworks on exchange art but yeah we are open for um, manifold minted nfts they can easily be imported it's a super smooth experience and i am going to assume since it's kind of like a contentious topic right now that you guys are very much royalty enforcing collections out there so can you kind of just like speak to the royalty part a little bit just because that's a really contentious issue yes for the past week or so for sure so royalties are part of our ethos since we started, we've seen so many stories of artists actually counting on the revenue that they are making, selling their artworks on exchange art for their day-to-day -day life. So we realized how important it is in terms of revenue for artists to have these royalties going. Um, therefore, we, we support royalties and yes, they are enforced both on Solana and Ethereum. And if we are to add any other chain in the future, we will make sure that royalties are always paid. So you guys are like team royalty, right? Very much on so. That part of the yes. Uh, I mean, look, okay. when you are receiving stories and they're a lot of times they are actually publicly uh, written on Twitter from artists that are saying that we changed their life, that they were able to afford to buy um, a car for their mother and they were able to pay for a treatment for someone from their family or for, from them, for themselves, or that they just are able to finally follow as a career path what they, what they always wanted, meaning to be an independent artist and to share their visions and their craft with the world. When we know that that's we enable, we cannot really be in any other team than pro royalties. Yeah, it's a very interesting discussion point because I think like the way I see it is that you have different types of collections out there and you do have collections that are like your traditional 10K PFP totally. type ones. And there might be, and I'm not making a statement on this particular point, but there might be an argument that maybe they may or may not should you know, be entitled to royalty. I, I could kind of see both sides of that argument. But when it comes to arts, like creative types, I, the way I see it is that that actually like enforcement of royalties really aligns the incentives between both the collectors and the artists. With PFP collections, you can make the argument that it doesn't necessarily because you have collections that might rely on volume. So it kind of creates this, 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 this uh, decoupling 
of incentives where they rely on the volume, but of course, collectors, you know, want to rely on uh, the floor price going up and that might not necessarily be in the interests of like a large collection. Maybe I'm not like I could, there's also counter arguments on yeah. that, but with the artists ones, I, I for, for, and for creatives to me, it's such a no brainer because when you do enforce royalties, it actually does the opposite, which it totally aligns the incentives because as a creative one thing that's kind of important to your collectors is that element of scarcity. And if the artist or creator is able to receive royalties in perpetuity, they're better able and better empowered to serve, you know, scarcity. And when you take that away, then it positions the creator, it, 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 it positions them in a way where they might have to like release more, do other things like hold on to more tokens and release them in a slow drip way over the course of time. So I think, you know, unsolicited opinion that, you know, absolutely, I, I like your guys' approach and I think it very much well aligns like both, you know, the creators and the collectors all in one camp. And it actually does serve the create. it does serve the collectors also in a roundabout way. Also, I will say as someone who does collect a lot of art and who sometimes collects, you know, PFPs, when it comes to art, it's almost like I want to, you know, honor those royalties because first of all, it doesn't really change hands too much. And then the second part of it is that you kind of develop that relationship with the artist. And it's just kind of like weird not to give royalties. It's almost like, you know, going to a restaurant in the U.S. at least and not tipping like there's a social construct there that like you do tip. So I think it just kind of uh, creates all sorts of problems. So, yeah, for me, just like the art one is like an absolute no brainer. I think it makes a lot of sense, especially to differentiate between PFP projects and one of one artist and independent artist. And to speak for the latter, what we find is we are actually empowering independent creators to earn a living. And if you think about the fact that we are talking about people that are dispersed um, on a wide geographical area. So we are talking about US, we are talking about Europe, we are talking about Asia. So many times the revenues that these artists are earning are not enough to support their day-to-day -day life. So royalties enable them to keep doing what they like, which most of the time is not possible with the normal art, traditional art construct. Right now, for an artist to be successful, they need to go through a gallery for the most part. They need to fight to be accepted by a gallery in order to be promoted and to have a global audience available to them. However, what NFTs and exchange art is doing is basically offering, opening up the global market to artists that normally wouldn't have access to it, which is amazing. And from there onwards, the fact that they can earn royalties in perpetuity as long as their NFTs are changing hands I think it's amazing and it, it is indeed life-changing for a lot of creators. For me personally, I can say, and I've talked about this on the podcast, I am not a collector of like, you know, if you want to call it physical and traditional art, just because, you know, I'm a guy that like my undergrad degrees in economics and an MBA, like I don't have really like that art background to look at something and say, oh, this looks like it's worth like $10,000 and this one's like worth about $3,000. I don't have a it's sense. It's not about that. So I have a similar background. Sorry to like appraisal. I have Yeah. I have a Got similar it. background. I studied business and, and mm -hmm. management and I worked in finance. I worked for JP Morgan. I did that yeah. part. Um, but 
you will find artworks even in the traditional art world that you'll be like, ah, I like that. Um, and it can be something that's a bit easier to digest. It doesn't need to be a Picasso. It doesn't need to be something that traditionally has a lot of monetary value and a lot of historical bearing with it. Uh, but sometimes you will you you will find that so it doesn't need to be um, you you'll find something according to your level of understanding education and whatever you like. Yeah, the the thing is is when it comes to uh, let's call it like the physical art world, I like I can look at something and it could be priced at like thirty dollars and I really vibe with it and everything. But then a part of me is like, well, there might be something like wrong with it, right? And then conversely, there could be something worth like ten thousand dollars. Someone's telling me it's worth ten thousand dollars, and I look at it, I'm like, I don't know. It just looks like someone threw a bunch of paint on the you know on the canvas, and you know you're telling me that's worth ten thousand. So I can't get like any sense of appraisal. But like the one thing I like about art in the digital realm is the fact that at least I have a few different data points that I can go to to kind of like validate it through the blockchain. So I can see like historically how many, like how long has the artist been in the space for? Are they still probably going to participate in the space? How much have their previous pieces have sold for who have been the collector. So I get a few more data points. Now, all that's to say is you still should absolutely. And that's one other thing I say is always buy what you vibe with. Don't buy on FOMO. Totally. 100%. So, but at least you have like a few other data points they can look at to just make sure that you're getting like a deal that you're comfortable with, let's say. Um, and then there's a whole yeah. bunch of check other boxes that it checks. Like you said, like it opens up a global audience. We don't have to worry about like currency exchange rates. We don't have to worry about it going through customs. I live Logistics in a is always a nightmare when it comes about art. Yeah. And I know you're based in the UK there. I'm based in the New York metro area. We both get like a lot of rain and harsh elements. So I don't have to worry about like preservation. Uh, I mean, I can go on and on about it. Also, I can like share it with the world and it doesn't have to like leave my physical custody. So just when I think about it, and I've talked a lot about this, I've tweeted a lot about this. One of the most proven use cases so far of the blockchain has been art. Like I think that's been the most resilient one. Whereas there's some other things that, you know, we're not quite sure if it's like a trend or if it's a fad or, you know, is it going to go away? But I think like for what we've seen so far, art's here to stay. Art is definitely here to stay, number one. Number two, you should definitely collect what you like, first and foremost. And to your point on, on provenance, indeed, we have seen that provenance is a really good use case for blockchain especially because in the traditional art world, collectors rely very much on connections. And usually the connections are related to the big auction houses to look into uh, the provenance of a piece and try to understand what the history of that piece. So on blockchain, it's obviously a lot easier because you can trace back who the artist, who minted the piece. And every time it exchanged hands, who owned it before, for what prices, what dates, and everything in between. That's another point that I really wanted to make because when I speak to a lot of the collectors from the traditional art world, they find this fascinating. The fact that right now they need to jump to hurdles and improve always, increase that networking and know people in order to find out about the origin of a piece. Exchanger solves that issue really easily Every piece that you can see on Exchange Art has a section dedicated to provenance and 
it we are tracing back to the very beginning of that piece. So it's really easy for new users to understand the origin and everything that happened with the piece CNC that has been minted. I think it's a great use case of the blockchain. So along those lines, so you have that Solana integr- uh, Solana that is legacy integrate, like you've always had Solana, and then you just recently integrated Ethereum. So I'm assuming with that tracing of the provenance, do you have like a user portal and that user has a Solana wallet and an Ethereum wallet tied to it so that you can see their activities on both chains? Or how does that part work? So the data on the blockchain is open for everyone to analyze, which is exactly what we do. We are analyzing the data and then we are interpreting it and displaying it in a very user-friendly in order to tell the story of a piece through provenance. Um, on the other side, from a user perspective, yes, you can connect an Ethereum wallet and a Solana wallet, and you can mint and realize commerce with both of these wallets. Um, but from, from a provenance perspective, anyone really can trace back through the blockchain data everything that, that they want to know about a piece. So when you made this, this announcement, how did the Solana community react to it? It's been overwhelming, really. We expected it to be a positive reaction because we knew it's been a feature that has been requested for a year now, but we certainly didn't expect the amount of, of good feedback that came our way. So the community embraced this change quite a lot. And they started, of course, to use both chains. We had, um, as part of our curated calendar, artists that are dropping as part of one cohesive bodywork one piece on Ethereum and one on Solana in order to tell one comprehensive story. So it, it's been going great. What types of new artists and artwork will be most interested in exchange art, would you say, now after this integration announcement? And why would creator, why should creators consider exchange art? So this integration opens up exchange art to um, artists that are more Ethereum-focused and to collectors that were previously more Ethereum focused, even if they were, they were collecting artworks from Solana native artists. So in a sense, this integration opens up the platform for um, collectors from both Solana and Ethereum to discover what the other side has to offer. So you've had Ethereum for a few weeks now, and you guys have always had Solana. What are some of the differences, or are there any differences you've noticed between Solana artists and Ethereum artists? And I would apply the same question to also on the collector side. Like, what are some of the observations that you've made in terms of like the differences between Solana and Ethereum collectors? And have you seen any artists kind of just like make that switch where, of course, you know, it being a legacy Solana platform, they, they were just, you know, dropping works on Solana, like make that switch where they are dropping them also on Ethereum, exclusively on Ethereum. Has that ratio changed? Or if you can kind of just like riff on that a little bit. Sure. So artists on Ethereum and artists on Solana, they are artists first and foremost, irrespective of the communities they are part of. The most important part for them is their art. So I would actually look at it more from what unifies these communities rather than what differentiates them. And from that perspective, I think it's amazing the fact that artists are coming together during these more difficult times. 
because it's a better market for everyone right now. Um, so I think artists have in common the fact that they are coming together and they are supporting one another, irrespective of the market conditions, both on Ethereum and Solana. They are also focusing on their artworks uh, and their craft and learning a bit more about uh, whatever skills they feel that they have to improve in order to to drop better pieces or maybe improve on a bit of marketing or whatever skills that they feel they need. So again, that's a common denominator between artists on Ethereum and artists on Solana. They are all looking to grow and partner and make the right partnerships that help them grow. So that's why I would like to focus a bit more on what unifies this, because most of the time we are talking about how we separate the communities and why one is better than another, and which one is, I don't know, a bigger, a better, a more welcoming community. We are talking about communities in all different ways, but I think they actually can be unified because they have so many common denominators. On the collector side, collectors have their own characteristics and assessments of what to buy and what not, but most of them buy a piece because they like a piece. All of them support artists because they somehow have something in common with them or they, they vibe with a piece or with a particular style of an artist. So I don't think they are hugely different from many perspectives. Interesting. So you mentioned earlier that it is a difficult time right now. And if you look at the landscape for the past couple months, maybe if not a little bit longer, there have been other blockchains that have been gaining traction in the art realm just because people are increasingly sort of seeing gas as something that they don't necessarily you know, want to spend money on. So there are other blockchains, other layer ones out there that are relatively gasless. Uh, we've also seen, I think, a big proliferation of layer twos actually picking up steam in the art space within the past like 30 months. I'm sorry, 30 months, 30 days, 60, 60 days in particular. So do you guys have any plans in terms of adding like other layer ones or layer twos that you can speak of? Or is that on your roadmap at all? Or what are your thoughts around that? So I'll split actually your question in two sections. One, it's the gas discussion, and the other one, it's the other blockchains. On the gas point, we are seeing that a lot of artists can't really afford a lot of mistakes to do on Ethereum, especially when you're getting started. It takes an onboarding period. If you're coming from a traditional art world, or if you're just coming from a commercial background, a lot of times it takes a bit of time to get used to it, to understand what minting means, what listing means, what everything that's being done on the blockchain means. And you need to have a bit of financial capital to play with until you, you learn your lessons. There isn't uh, as many courses you do from a theoretical standpoint until you get your hands dirty and you start playing with the blockchain, you won't fully understand it. So. A lot of the people that we speak to can't really afford to do a lot of mistakes. And that's why we initially chose to start Exchange Art on Solana. Because of the low transaction fees, we were able to have artists from Indonesia, from Malaysia, from US even, or Europe, artists that normally wouldn't be able to afford to pay uh, a few tens or a few hundred dollars 
to mint a piece and then try out to see if it sells, if it, if it doesn't, if they lose it, if they just send it to a wrong address. So from that perspective, I totally agree. The gas discussion is important for a good part of the population that we want to onboard. On the other note, regarding the blockchains and the L2s that we are looking at, yes, with Ethereum integration, we are actually looking to add more blockchains to exchange arts because we want to be a digital hub where artists can realize commerce irrespective of their preferred method. We are in discussions. I can't offer too many informations right now, but we are making efforts in, in that direction. So you brought up something interesting, which kind of spawned a question in my head, which is uh, the issue of, and I totally agree, of gas being a barrier of entry for some people. Now, there might be a group of people that like it might not necessarily be a barrier to entry, but still it is like a barrier of some sort. And to your point, like you just there's less risks, let's say, being taken on Ethereum. Have you noticed since the launch of Ethereum on Exchange Art that some of the art on Solana might, might be a little bit more experimentative in nature and a little bit bolder because they can kind of take those risks and chances and then with Ethereum, not so much, and it's more on the conservative side? Or um, I know that, you know, like you said, I agree, like art is art at the end of the day, but do you see like kind of a difference in terms of maybe, and it's the same artist, maybe like what they're dropping on Solana versus what they drop on Ethereum? I think there's a different kind of experimentation that's being done on Ethereum and on Solana. I think on Solana, there is a lot more on-chain, directly on-chain experimentation. And I think artists are not that afraid to try mint a piece play around with it, and, and that's it. Whereas, of course, on Ethereum, they are a bit more reticent to do that. That's why, for example, on Ethereum, auctions tend to be a bit less popular than buy nows because of the gas price. If you are paying $50, $100 for every, every bit that you are putting for an auction, then, of course, that's, that's not the great action that you're looking forward to. So we see that we, we had on Solana, for example, we had auctions that went up to like 600 or 700 bids for one auction. And it was more like a game that the community did to bid on a piece. They were, of course, small amounts because it was a game and it was something that they, it was more for fun. But we see, so yeah, on, we see a lot more experimentation in terms of transactions that are being sent on Solana than on Ethereum. I think on Ethereum, it's a bit more, more of a safe safer bet. I'm, I'm bidding this and I'm fairly sure that there won't be a lot of bids above me kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting from like, uh, in terms of like the returns for the artists, how that looks like, because if the bidders are spending a significant amount of funding on like just the, on the bids, let's say, then obviously that may just stands to reason that that's going to kind of impact what the closing price potentially could be. Uh, there's other factors, of course, that you have to count for, like the actual piece itself and, you know, who the artist is and the other thing. But it's a, that's a very interesting nuance there. So I know that we have a lot of artists that do listen to our podcasts and follow our podcasts. It's actually always been part of kind of our DNA that we're very much like art focused. So if I'm a creator, how do I get started? And is there anything that I should be aware of on exchange that might be a little bit different than other marketplaces that I'm, I'm accustomed to? 
So what's different is that we are open and inclusive. We don't have a lot of barriers to entry. The only thing that we are asking is for the artwork to be genuine. That's the only um, requirement that we actually have. Apart from that, it's super easy to sign up on Exchange Art, provide as many details as possible about your profile as an artist and about your artwork, because that helps you tell your story in front of collectors and you're ready to go. So that profile creation is more for the benefit of the artists in terms of like storytelling, totally. but it's not necessarily like uh, a barrier to entry where you're get, where there's someone curating or looking at the profiles and approving, disapproving or saying, hey, go back and you have to fill out this part of the field or anything like that, right? No. So it's we are offering what we are calling it uh, <laughs> the exchange art real estate, right? So it's space on the on the page that you can use to tell your story, be it through written words, be it through pictures, whatever you want to add that actually tells your story as an artist. That's what we are offering with these profiles and with the creation of series. Okay. Do you have any like closing words or closing thoughts around exchange art that you'd like to share with our listeners? What I would like to to highlight is the fact that Royalties are at the core of our ethos. And if you need a place to um, make it as a home for your artwork for the months and years to come, we are here uh, and we're waiting for you. And we are here open arms. So you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Discord. You can find us on our live chat on the website. Feel free to ask any questions. No question is a stupid question. We are all learning because it's such a new industry and such a new niche that we are learning one from another. So feel free to ask. We are here to help you. All right, folks. And we're going to include links in the show notes. Larissa, I really, really do appreciate your time and your wisdom and your thought leadership and what you guys are doing with Exchange Art. I, I'm really impressed with your model and you know the way that you guys have gone to market with this and your focus on being very much art-centric and artist-centric and really providing value and taking care of your artists. I uh, appreciate you. Thank you so much, David. It's really exciting to meet people like you that are very excited about what we are doing and about being creator first. And that was our conversation with Larissa from Exchange Art. What really struck me about Larissa and Exchange Art was the fact that they just had this innate passion to do the right thing and think of what would be beneficial for all the participants in the marketplace, whether you're a creator or a collector, and having that long-term outlook where everyone would be best served. So I'm really excited to see what else Exchange Art has in store for us. And Larissa did tease out a few things, so let's stay tuned on that. And now, anyways, everyone's favorite part is coming up, the shout out. So truth be told, this last mint was a little bit messy because we went directly head to head on Nifty Gateway with Sam Spratt, which is really tough competition, but we still had 164 mints, so not too shabby. Um, so first I wanted to acknowledge our whales who really stepped in and supported the podcast by minting numerous editions and those whales are three of them this time around very familiar names arts design cl7 kaplui i'm super super appreciative of 
the three of you stepping in and just really helping the podcast stand out prominently on Nifty Gateway uh, week in, week out. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'd also like to acknowledge the following people, which are Go Nifty, Enable92, Goldcoin and Myers Good Art, Dutchy345, Cybersea, Emil MTO, DV Dan, got it right this time, <laughs> Ron1228, Be, you know, B-E-H, I'm not sure exactly how that's pronounced. Feel free to slide me a DM and correct me, but I'm going to go with Be. Inceptionally, RJD, Andre Deco Life, Quarka Digital, Urcon 75, and last but not least, Serga. You guys are all amazing. Thank you so much for minting the podcast and supporting me, supporting our show producer, Carrie, and the pod. And of course, if even if you weren't able to mint, I just want to thank you for listening. Slide me a DM, introduce yourself, and let's connect. And you know what? If you can subscribe, give us a five-star review and a written one, that would mean the world to us. So thank you again for listening, and until next time. Welcome to the Blockchain Experience, experience. Bringing dope content to the audience. Welcome to the Blockchain Experience. Bringing dope content to yeah, the yeah, audience. Yeah. It's the Blockchain Spell, made a David's got so much to tell. Bringing you the latest news without fail. Centralized and secure, it's been making way. You can temper with gutter, it's not the same old way. From finance to art, it's bringing order trust. The blockchain experience, it's a must. Hey, welcome to the blockchain experience. Experience, bringing dope content to the audience. Welcome to the blockchain. Big boys, it's for everyone. It's a new way of doing things. It's second to none. So jump on board, uh, join the revolution. It's a blockchain experience. It's a movement. Give it up, give it up, give it up, give it up, give it up for the blockchain experience. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. Welcome to the blockchain experience. Don't